It's never too saturated. A long time, I was sure that I would only do photography for a passion because there's too many other people doing it. I wouldn't be able to make money. And the same thing with YouTube. I was like, oh, I'd love to do YouTube, but like, who's gonna watch my stuff? There's a million people out there. People are gonna be invested in you for you. It's like, people have got so much time to devote to looking at that stuff. People are gonna find you and if you are doing what truly inspires you and makes you happy, other people are gonna see that in your content. I feel the exact same way about that. Take photos every single day of like, mm. even of like your toothpaste bottle because you could make money from a toothpaste company. Just take photos of everything and yeah. see what you like the most. Wow. It's incredible when you start looking at life and all the stuff you use and what you could be shooting for that company. Mm -hmm. It opens up a world of opportunities. Wow. Enormous. It's amazing. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Golden Hour Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Mays, here in the Polar Pro Studio. And today's guests are Benoit and Nikki Bigger. Both of them are travel and adventure photographers that make a living doing brand photography as well as both individually running their own successful Instagram accounts. But the interesting thing about them is they are a couple and they do live inside a van. They've completely gone minimalistic and they've built a home out of an incredible space sprinter van that you're going to have to look at on their Instagram account. And they're on a journey right now on the West Coast going down California. It's really interesting to me to get to know them and understand why they've chosen to do this. And I actually think there's a lot of incredible reasons why somebody would want to downsize and do something like this, especially someone who's running a creative business on their own. It's because both Ben and Nikki have figured out a way to make a living on the internet that they're able to sustain this lifestyle. And it's really fascinating to me. I'm real excited to share this episode with you guys. But before we do, I'd like to ask you to please subscribe to this podcast in your podcast player of choice. And if you're in the Apple podcast player, please leave a rating and review of the show. It gets the word out to other people and really helps us out. So if you could please do that, it really makes a difference for us. So without any further ado, let's listen in on my interview with Ben and Nikki. <laughs> All right, so uh, we're here with Ben and Nikki, the van life people, the amazing <laughs> uh, couple from uh, Canada. Yeah, and Australia. And Australia. Um, where are you guys actually from specifically? Again? I'm from Ontario, Canada, Ontario. Kingston awesome. specifically. And I'm from the Sunshine Coast in Australia, which is kind of on the eastern Amazing. middle bit near Brisbane. What brought you guys to Cali for this? We're on a van road trip right now. We right. started in Vancouver and we're heading to San Diego and a lot more places. But right now we're in Huntington Beach. Heck yeah. So it's awesome. Well, welcome to uh, the Golden Hour Podcast. <laughs> yeah, stoked to be here. Newport, it's awesome. That's how we say it here. Newport Beach, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, how'd you guys meet? Um... Nikki actually slid into my DMs on Instagram. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, we started chatting when she was building her van in Ontario. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I had just moved into my van a couple of months ago. Mm -hmm. Well, prior to that, and I was living in a self-converted Sprinter van. Mm -hmm. um, and it was like, it, it was fine. It did the job, but it wasn't like a perfect build by any yeah. means. Uh, and we actually kind of got chatting mostly when I was watching a story one day. And Nikki had bought this massive, beautiful 
real mattress you would put on an actual bed and it uh-huh. wouldn't fit in her van uh-huh. <laughs> and i was messaging her telling her the mattress that i got in my van i was like yeah it's on amazon it's really cheap but uh-huh. don't get mine because it sucks so get yeah. the thicker one <laughs> and then uh yeah so took we, his advice yeah <laughs> go with the six inch nice it's the best bed ever yeah Thank and you. it's awesome and then funnily <laughs> enough um so nikki drove from ontario across to banff mm-hmm. where we met or banff or camel area and that was only about a couple of weeks after she'd finished building the van. Wow. Um, and we kind of clicked immediately. And within two months of us even knowing each other, I just like sold my van and moved into hers. <laughs> and uh, yep. the rest is history. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. So don't How be afraid to that? slide into DMs, you know? It's <laughs> yeah. afraid to like be van life buddies. Yeah. That's it. Don't be afraid to open DMs because sometimes it's not always creepy <laughs> people there. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. I uh, met my wife long before sliding in the DMs was a thing. So I'm glad I kind of avoided that. Uh, we just met in like real life. Wow, that's real good. life. That's cool. That's amazing. What, what's that like? That's <laughs> amazing. Normally, two kids. Um, it's crazy. Uh, <laughs> so Nikki, you've lived in a van before back in New Zealand. Is yep. that right? Can you tell me about that? Um, yeah, so it was like a 30-year-old van in New Zealand. Wow. 1987. It was fully built and everything. Fit here. Was it? Is that when you were born? No. Okay. All right. Sweet. (laughs) The 80s are cool. (laughs) Yeah, it was a really sweet van. Um, Bought it for five and a half grand, put seven grand into it. Mm. It was a money pit, but (laughs) it was amazing and best years of my life. So then I moved back to Canada and then I was like, wow, I need to do this again. It was like the happiest I was ever in my life. Mm. So planned for a long time with my family. My brother does AutoCAD and he's like a mechanical engineer. And then my dad builds just like build stuff and he's really mm-hmm. smart and savvy so then i put their heads together and then my like decor expertise <laughs> because i'm so awesome no, i'm just kidding <laughs> uh put it all together and then yeah we just decided to make a van so new zealand was a foundation wow. and so much fun over there and so your your family was a part of this whole journey it wasn't like yeah. i'm leaving my family to become this person this might be a stereotype that you hear. It's like, I'm going to escape everything and be yeah. a van life person. You actually had support and they literally helped you make it. The second one. The, the second first, one. I definitely was okay. the first thing you said. I was like, bye. See ya. <laughs> but the second, I was like, okay, can you guys help me now? What, what was what was your like your family's reaction to that to the first time you did it? To, um, like move I've done across a, the world and do that. I've done a lot of random things. Like I moved to Waterton and Jasper. So it's like... Uh, little towns in West Canada. Mm-hmm. So I've always been like a traveler, like really young. So they're just kind of like, we know you're going to do something crazy. What is it this time? Yeah. Basically. So they <laughs> so did. They're just supportive. Like, what, we can't control this. Yeah. So they're like, sweet. Just let, just let Nikki do what, what she wants. Yeah. Um, so what, what made you like, like this van life thing? Um, so yeah, having sure. everything with me at all times like mm-hmm. hiking snowboarding stuff like everything all the time is amazing because i get bored and i just want to like switch up what i'm doing all the time yeah um so that was number one amazing thing and then also i get bored so i may as well just drive anywhere so yeah. that's kind of like having everything and being able to drive anywhere mm-hmm. it's like the key and being comfortable in the van yeah, yeah. and then obviously now that you guys are you know on instagram and that's part of your job and stuff like that of course, this lends itself to going to see amazing places and take amazing photos. Yeah. And we can talk more about the photography side, but I want to hear now from Ben, like, what was your journey into this van life? Yeah, <laughs> it's interesting. Um, van life doesn't really seem to be 
as big of a culture in Australia as it is in North America. Mm. And if it is, like I was completely disconnected and didn't even realize. <laughs> and I think that for the most part, in my head, I assumed what most people think, which is like, you're living in a van, you don't have any other options. Mm -hmm. It wasn't by choice. Um, and I, it wasn't until I moved to Canada on a work visa that I met so many people in Canmore area. It's such a transit mm -hmm. area and so many people are living in vans. I was exposed to it and I was like, wow, this is cool. Mm -hmm. You guys aren't paying rent and you mm -hmm. can park wherever you want and mm -hmm. sleep wherever you want and you've got everything. I was like, why the hell am I not doing this? <laughs> <Yeah>. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so I kind of set myself a, a date that I was like, I'm moving out of the house. I'm renting this date, whether mm -hmm. my van's done or not. Uh, so I madly went crazy looking for vans and I knew I wanted something I could stand up in, which mm -hmm. is kind of why I went down the route of having a sprinter. Mm -hmm. This sprinter van I found for the right price was way too long it was like 24 feet it was a, like a dual rear wheel commercial van it was massive and i'm not like a super tall dude yeah. so i definitely didn't need that much space but like yeah. right place right time and uh yeah but it has been like nikki said the flexibility of being able to be like wherever you want and have mm -hmm. all your stuff is enormous and it kind of pairs really well with being able to like eat really healthy on the road quite mm -hmm. often when you're mm -hmm. traveling it's hard if you're staying in a hotel, let's say, for example, that doesn't have a kitchenette. And it's like, okay, now I'm forced to buy food out. Yep. Whereas with us, we can drive. Mm -hmm. Like we drove here yesterday, we parked up. And then this morning we made acai bowls in the van. Mm -hmm. And it was just like this yeah. awesome start to the day, mm -hmm. making coffee, like fresh, healthy food all the time. Yeah. You just go to grocery stores and stock it's a, up. Yeah. It's like yeah. actually being at home everywhere you On go. The road. Yeah, yeah. Which is incredible. so good. Yeah, I've got a couple of friends that have, have literally sold everything and bought uh you know people with kids like mm. multiple kids a friend of mine has four kids and they sold their very expensive house and bought a huge rv okay. and they completely gutted it and it's got like the transitional thing where like it can actually open up when mm. they park it and stuff it's pretty nice i don't understand how you can do it with children mm -hmm. props to them if they Good like have still got all their kids because they haven't thrown them out like <laughs> yeah. that's amazing yeah exactly Nikki and i say that all the time we're like we're glad it's just the two mm. of us because having anyone else in there would oh, be like yeah. a real challenge yeah, yeah. Right. exactly and i think uh i think the reason they did is because they're so young they don't they're not like going to school yet they don't have that kind of like regular you know soccer and friends and all that, that normal kind of life stuff, stuff to fit yeah in. so that might be a, a period of time where like maybe when that happens they'll yeah there, you know move into that totally. there's plenty of people out there like homeschooling their kids mm -hmm. in vans though yeah we've met a, I've met a few amazing. couples yeah met a few couples living in yeah like long school buses they've converted and it's yeah. beautiful inside it's totally. more like an actual home mm -hmm. and you can but, actually afford to own it uh, yeah versus a home here in california it can be a million dollars you know exactly in certain yeah. areas you could park a, a, a van in an area where a house would cost over a million dollars We've definitely yeah. done that. Yeah. We did that. Um, <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, we did that a lot. We were just in Malibu mm. and parking outside these like enormous mansions. And we mm. had the exact same view as them. Yeah. And it cost us nothing <laughs> to be there. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and they get to look at an RV park in their backyard. Yeah. yeah. There's definitely something different. But yeah, it, it definitely depends on the van you choose for sure. If you yeah. had a school bus, it's very obvious you're living in it. <laughs> like, you don't drive around in a school bus leisurely. Yeah, it's exactly. like obviously a home. Unless but, you're Logan Paul. I think he has a school bus. Uh, wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> Um, but yeah, for I suppose for context for anyone listening, yeah. it's we live in a 2017 Ford Transit 250. So it's a looks like a commercial van. Mm. The only thing on the outside that makes it not look like a like a tradesman's van 
is the solar panels on the roof and like and that's the, it the and they're side window though yeah as well and they're relatively yeah. well hidden on the roof it's not super obvious so mm-hmm. we can quite easily get away with parking in an estate somewhere and quiet mm-hmm. and we keep to ourselves it's not like parking a massive spray-painted school bus out the front of someone's house yeah, you exactly. don't look like a creep <laughs> so yeah yeah there's a big difference it obviously depends yeah. on the van you choose but yeah i yeah. was um i had to drive pretty far uh i was driving up to northern california for a shoot and I didn't want to pay for like an Airbnb or whatever. And I have a Prius mm-hmm. and I was like, how do I bet I, I'm sure people convert Priuses. And I looked it up and sure enough, like if you pull the seats down, you can actually put a bed back there. Yeah. And uh, there's some guys that like, they're like, this is the best car for like a solo person because it is literally like completely, nobody would ever think a Prius is a car that somebody would be living mm-hmm. in. And he converted it and blacked out the windows in the back. So like, you just you can't even see in and, yeah uh, it's we, pretty cool. that's awesome we have a buddy uh pete o'hara he used to live in toronto mm-hmm. uh, and he's been working in tv and film for all these years and one day he decided he was going to come out to the mountains and visit some friends and he's he's like six foot two he's a tall dude mm-hmm. and he owns a subaru cross track mm-hmm. and he drove from toronto across to the mountains and he was planning to be there for like a one to two weeks tops and he stayed for three months living in his car oh my gosh and not in like a weird homeless way <laughs> yeah like he was super stoked about it yeah, yeah it just depends on your mindset and where you are that's amazing um and yeah so people do it in all kinds of cars yeah is he it, just had towels hanging up in the windows in the set. <laughs> is it hard being in such tight quarters with each other Nikki? i think 95 percent of the time it's amazing but obviously mm-hmm. you have to leave some space for the other person and sometimes yeah. it's just like okay go away for a second yeah yeah and the but, beauty I, the way that i i've heard that question too and stuff like and my thought is that well yes it's tight quarters when you're driving and when you're sleeping but the beauty of it is you're going to be in nature you're going to be yeah. in places where you're outside so the backyard like, is huge yeah, at that point exactly yeah so yeah i think the only days where you really notice it is when it's raining yeah when yeah. it's raining or it's bad weather outside mm-hmm. you have to have everything closed so it does feel like that small space yeah mm-hmm. you but can just lay like, on the couch yeah and turn on the tv and yeah, yeah exactly days like today where it's beautiful and warm and sunny mm-hmm. have all the doors and the windows open and like the world is literally your backyard and mm-hmm. the van doesn't feel constraining at all yeah that's amazing um you've guys you guys have been currently on a road trip throughout the whole west coast what are some of your favorite places along this uh, um, journey that you've i just seen? did an instagram post today about santa cruz mm-hmm. i loved santa it there cruz, dude, oh so that place was absolutely awesome it, uh, so great. it had well it had everything we need so sometimes we go to nice places on the coast and there's no anytime fitness mm-hmm. no walmart which is where we buy our really cheap groceries uh-huh. <laughs> so if you don't have those two things then we have to keep driving inland uh-huh and that gets really expensive so that had everything we need had good cell service nice like skateboard yeah um, on the ocean not on the ocean but on the on the side of the ocean yeah you're doing some stuff i've never seen before some really good chill vibes in santa cruz and not to mention there was a really good donut shop there Uh so like paired really well which one was it Ferrells. Ferrell or Ferrells? Yeah. Okay. I'm In my brain, I read it as Ferrell, but that that's because I'm Australian. I'm going like to hope it's Ferrells. <laughs> Ferrell is not a nice word, no. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Santa Cruz, that's cool. It was beautiful. Anything else that you guys really We actually love? really like it here. We drove in. And it like, is nice here. It's very. There's actually a really good little park in Newport. Uh, a friend of mine lives out there. Awesome. Yeah, it's like safe. Mm-hmm. very nice it's beautiful yeah we just yeah. spent the last couple of days in venice mm-hmm. um, which is a completely different vibe to yes. here you've got some interesting people walking you, around uh, at venice beach have you ever been to la 
Yeah. Yeah. So it's LA by the beach. Like yeah. Venice and uh, Santa Monica are. Oh, like, we If you want the yeah. LA vibes, yeah. go there. Santa Monica for Orange sure. Orange County though is. Uh, it's like our own, it's like a little bubble over here. Wow, okay. amazing. Yeah, we love it so far. Surf, so a lot of surf culture. Mm-hmm. And then I live in Laguna and it's unbelievable. You guys have to go. We will. Perfect. We'll come totally. park outside your house. <laughs> we'll go shoot a video. <laughs> amazing. Sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, we love it here. We're probably going to spend a little while here. Yeah. It's nice. Once you find an area that you're really comfortable in and it has everything you need, yeah. um, it also really helps us like I suppose in a work way as well because we feel inspired and like happy yeah. to create and we're in a comfortable mm-hmm. space. So yeah definitely gonna be here for a little while so i think part of the reason why we're seeing such a shift in our culture to uh small homes minimalism van life just that whole thing if you want to put it all in one category i think a lot of it comes from the consumerism that we grew up with the debt that people have acquired Mm -hmm. but then also now with the internet we're able to make a full-time living without going to an office without being in any central location it's all based on the internet and that's what's so amazing about it. It's no matter where you live, you can basically do and create things that, uh, you know, maybe even millions of people will witness. So tell me about your business and how you guys are able to fund your lifestyle. Obviously, you have a cheaper lifestyle because of all this, but you also get to travel and do expensive, fun things because you're you're free to do whatever you want. You work for yourself. Yeah, for sure. I think that the most important thing I think a lot of people don't realize is a lot of people say, I wish I could be doing that. It's like, I wish I could afford to do that. Mm -hmm. It's like if you minimize your expenses, you Mm -hmm. don't need to earn anywhere near as much to survive and do that Mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think like van life obviously obviously plays a big part in that. And I think that's why there's so many like digital nomads in van life. Um, what it, what, what's a digital nomad? I've never heard people, of people. Really, it's like it seems to be like a You're term I've heard a ton. Really? It's like <laughs> just means that like Are you, being you can. No, oh, okay. <laughs> like it means you can just work from your <laughs> work from your laptop it's like that, wherever. It's that normal. Okay. Yeah, just yeah. like work from your laptop wherever. So like, nomad, yeah, someone yeah. who like that travels around, digital is. That makes sense. I suppose yeah. like, yeah, your like typical ones would be something like social media management or like video or photo in that yeah, kind of world. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. But YouTubers, Instagrammers, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. I find uh, something really interesting is that you're saying um, people like to downsize because they have debt and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's why they want to do this lifestyle. But it's interesting because I'm someone who has a lot of debt and mm-hmm. a lot of people use that as an excuse. So mm-hmm. I almost want to like inspire people to be like, look, I actually have a lot of debt and I'm still doing it. <laughs> like, you can, to you just have the, to-, to buy the equipment. You well, and like that. school debt. Gotcha. And mm-hmm. and yeah, but building you, the van debt. But you are saving. Like, if you were to have bought a house, you're obviously yeah, you know, totally. that would have added on top of that. I would never right? be able to buy a house. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with with the work element of it, uh, it ties in really well. Um, for us, for example, if we want to shoot a particular product or we're working with the tourism board and we mm-hmm. need to be in a certain location, mm-hmm. it's not like we need to pack a bag, book a flight, go there pay for a hotel like all of that it really minimizes a lot of that Mm -hmm. everything we already need is in our home on wheels so we just turn the key and drive there yeah and we're there so do you charge more then for travel yeah because they would have paid for the flight the hotel well they don't need to know that but But, like it it does help for us as well right because like it's something that other people do have to like kind of cater for or counter yeah, exactly. into their budgets they'll, and for us book, it's a big difference yeah they'll book you guys because they are saving money on travel expenses yeah. and then also we are tra- like you can see our path of travel mm-hmm. so we can pitch a lot of different content like hey we're going to death valley and arches national park and that's mm-hmm. like 
very different content that we're going anyways. So it's kind of like morphed in perfectly with our travels. That's awesome. So it's really cool. Can we talk about photography and just both of your journeys through that and how you grew in that creative field? Yeah, sure. I started taking photos back in university. So I did graphic design and mm -hmm. advertising. And I had one class oh, cool. in photography, which I did just because at the time I was already interested in it and I wanted to learn a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I was running around shooting everything on auto and I was like, maybe I should learn how to use my camera. <laughs> um, but I actually started shooting predominantly on film on my dad's old camera. Uh -huh. uh, he what did camera what camera was it? It's okay. I only remember that it was a Canon EOS, but it was like, it was mm -hmm. a big boy film camera. Yeah. And like he did like film. some beautiful work with it. And I was like, cool, I'm gonna start on this. It's awesome. And I fell in love with photography through that. Oh, cool. Um, you did dark work, uh, dark, dark room as well. Like I wish, I wish I did that. We didn't have like the space to do that. Yeah. Um, dad hadn't been into photography for a little while. He kind mm -hmm. of, I suppose, fell out of it when he was changing. Like. Yeah through his life and what sure. he was doing. It's interesting to see go full circle and now he's getting back into it because I'm into it. So oh, it's really cool. beautiful. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, I got into it through that and it just kind of grew from there. And as I began to travel, mm -hmm. it kind of paired well with that. And I loved the concept of shooting the places I was going and the culture and the landscapes. Mm -hmm. And I started off with like most people with a cheap, well, I had a Nikon D3300 is my first mm -hmm. camera. And I was like, whoa, this thing's amazing. Yeah. And my photos are so good. <laughs> and I look it's back now. A lens on it. Yeah, and I look back now and I'm like, wow, those are rubbish. I need to revisit that place. But um, <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. If, you, if you went to some locations that you're like checking off mentally, but it was years ago, you could go back. And, like, mm -hmm. That's it. Exactly. Fresh your, your photos. But, and stuff. But yeah, I've been taking photos for the best part of nine years now. And wow. I pretty much have a camera everywhere I go. And I there's not many days where I don't take a photo. Wow. So, yeah, it's a big fun. part of my life. Mm -hmm. And Nikki? Uh, for me, everything started in New Zealand. Basically, like I said before, my life changed there. And yeah, so I bought a camera. I used Canon there. Mm -hmm. um, I was playing around with a GoPro when I was in Jasper, Alberta. Mm -hmm. But that's kind of, yeah, not like the best camera for landscape. Well, it's good for like one thing, right? Yeah. Super wide and like- I action. was trying to use it for everything, but okay, yeah. anyways. <laughs> but it, that means their marketing sold you on it. <laughs> they did. Their ads are always so good. They did. So good. <laughs> you watch the ad and you're like, I need that. And then yeah. you get it and you're like, why did I buy this? <laughs> Most, a lot of their budget, they spend millions of dollars on those commercials. Cause like they look so good and technically they all are shot on GoPros, yeah. but they also, uh, because GoPro makes the cameras, they're able to kind of modify them yeah. and do higher yeah, quality exactly. things that you can't do. So, um, yeah. and they also have a film team and like, you know. It's There's a lot of budgets yeah, to make not, them look amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. They do a good job though, props to oh, them. Absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, so I got a used Canon and I had so mm -hmm. much fun shooting with that. In New Zealand? Um, in New Zealand, yeah, mm -hmm. this was like 2015. What's it like in Middle Earth? Was Middle, it fun? Yeah, I love New Zealand because it's like, I feel like it's 30 I'm a, I'm years. A nerd, so I, Lord of the Rings is all. I yeah. About. <laughs> <laughs> and Hobbiton's over there too. Yeah. So that's cool. Did you see it? Yeah. Oh, cool. It was very expensive. It's but so close to me it. back home and I've never been to New Zealand. Really? So it's definitely yeah. on the list. Yeah. It's mm. closer for me to get to New Zealand than the other side of my own country. Mm. So that's crazy. It's definitely yeah. on the list. New Zealand's awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just kind of started playing with photography over there and I, yeah, product photography and landscape. Yeah, I mm -hmm. uh, had a couple friends. Like, there's a really good niche down there, photographers, mm -hmm. and they were willing to teach me some stuff. So I learned a lot through them. And yeah, basically started there. I went to Thailand, went to all these places, and kind of practiced. Mm -hmm. And especially lately in the last couple of years, I just really love product photography. Mm. So that's kind that's of that's a good thing to love. Oh, I <laughs> love it. Make, <laughs> yeah, makes living. make money. Yeah, yeah. yeah so 
that's kind of where I am now. So when it comes to to that, I mean, obviously you guys have a thriving Instagram following and, uh, and we did a ask me anything on your Instagram. We'll do that later. Um, but do you guys also, I mean, you mentioned product photography. Do you guys do things outside of what you see on your profiles uh, for photography? Yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize how much is off the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it obviously when people see that you have some form of a following, they assume that that's your primary source of income. Mm-hmm. I think for some people it totally is, mm-hmm. but there's also a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, like sure, there's going to be companies that we work with on social, but mm-hmm. there's also a lot of stuff off like mm-hmm. product photography and it's like purely like content just for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it does happen a lot that people don't see. Yeah. And the, how does, I mean, tell me your process. I mean, because this is a podcast, we can just go into it. So tell me your process. How do you land a gig like that? Does, do they approach uh, you at this point? Do you approach them ever? The companies that you really like and respect? or I would say maybe like 2% is them approaching us. Mm-hmm. Um, we we send a lot of pitches every day, all That's day. Cool. And always on our laptops. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, basically creating ideas. So what, how's a pitch sending go it to them. for you guys? How do you pitch it? Uh, I saw a really great tweet the other day, which was directly about this. And it was another person who's a digital nomad. Are you a Twitter person? I'm not really a Twitter person. I saw someone uh, share it on the Instagram yeah. story. I'm always Sorry. looking for other Twitter people. <laughs> hey, look, I'm on <laughs> Twitter, but no one follows me. So <laughs> you can follow me and we can be friends. Yes, we'll DM on Twitter. Um, slide into your Twitter DMs. Perfect. <laughs> Maybe we'll end up dating one day, living in a van. Hey, not allowed. Uh, Just me. <laughs> um, but yeah, it said that working for yourself was 90%. Oh, sorry, like 10% was like photography and social stuff. And the other 10% was, hey, did you see my previous email yet? Which is like very accurate because like, (laughs) there's a lot of companies out there that you're like, you'd love to work with. And Mm -hmm. I think like tying into what you're saying, it's, there's a lot of companies will reach out to them and be like, hey, this is us. This is what we're doing. This is our home, the van. This is the road trip. And this is how we could like pair together and work together on the road. We love to create some content for you at these locations. If you're interested, like, let's chat further about it. I think that's kind of generally how we would start a pitch with a company. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's not just like you don't just like willy nilly reach out to like any company at all. It's got to be something that ties in with either like your core beliefs or Mm -hmm. your brand and stuff like that. Um, So for people listening to this, if they're really attracted to this idea of living in a van or even just travel in general, go out and start doing it on your own and, you know, figure out how to fund it, I guess. And then once you built that portfolio, then you can start kind of exactly. pitching, right? Yeah. So because you guys have a following, because you have other products that you've done that are maybe similar, they can see that as like an example, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think I, like that's a question we both get a lot. Mm-hmm. It's like, how do you pitch brands or how do you do this? And I, I always tell people like the main foundation is your portfolio. It's so important to be able to show the work that you can do. Mm-hmm. It's like regardless of your following size, if you want to do something off social, you need to be able to provide that company evidence that you're worth their money. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I did a video about this recently on YouTube, actually. And it was it was talking about like how to kind of combine product photography and traveling. And it was like taking something with you. So the example was uh, a backpack that my friend was wanting to shoot. Mm-hmm. And whether you're being paid to shoot that already or whether that's a company you'd love to shoot for and you already own it, combine it with an adventure you're going on and take photos of it and then provide those to that company and be like, hey, look, this is what I can do. Mm-hmm. Let's do more together. And so I think you that's do it like, on spec, basically, is what you're saying? Yeah, and I think that there's ways that if that was like a company you wanted to work with, you could shoot some stuff for them, whether it's yeah. photo or video or whatever your creative world is. Mm-hmm. 
there's no harm in taking the short amount of time to do that because it shows that company you're invested in them and you're willing to put in time before you've been paid. Yeah. And that goes a long way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So let's talk about your uh, workflow. Do you guys find it easier for you guys to both live together and like be in the same space when you're working? Do you guys work on the same projects together or... Nikki, do you get a, a gig that's completely separate and, you know, do you guys? Um, so I would say a little bit of both. So I yeah. get some that's just mine. Ben gets some that's just his. Sometimes he has to fly away and do those. Mm. And then sometimes we get some that are together. And it's definitely more beneficial that we're dating and we're both interested in this and mm. like devoted to this as a job. Because if one of us wasn't, it would be <laughs> yeah. really hard to live in a van. Yeah. And the person, the other imagine. person would be like, I don't, I'm, I'm tired of taking photos for you. Yeah. basically you I know. feel completely removed yeah like, you're off doing your thing and i'm not part of it and uh, yeah i'm just here in a van by myself while you go do stuff yeah so. and also i feel like <laughs> it's super helpful in dating someone that knows how to use a camera too like mm-hmm. let's just use an instagram post for example if, if i need to have a photo with mm-hmm. something nikki knows how to take that photo yeah. and mm-hmm. like conceptually that is super mm-hmm. super useful that she understands like how it should be framed and what needs to happen for it mm-hmm. so there's a lot of benefits to us like being able to help each other with that yeah so oh, make yeah. sure as you're uh, dating people make sure they're photographers before you date them <laughs> or, or just interested in exactly what you're interested in at least like at least tolerant of it is probably yeah. the best one it's like yeah like it, it would be a huge pain i suppose if, if one of us was completely not interested in it mm-hmm. oh, if yeah. i was constantly like hey nikki can you help me take a photo of this she'd be like oh my god not I again think, well i think uh that would go for anybody in any yeah. career or totally. relationship yeah. you want to be supportive of each other it's like know? those boyfriends of instagram you see like standing there taking their photo of the girlfriend <laughs> at the beach like 30 times until they get it right yeah i will say like my wife has never done photography she has no like artistic background uh and having to flip what you're saying having that for me is actually refreshing because i'm able to turn off that's so good she doesn't have that mindset so we're able to go do things and she doesn't even think about it and it allows me to kind of relax and now that we have two kids like the balance of that is great too so yeah that is definitely one thing we have realized as well we do struggle to like completely switch off sometimes i cannot completely switch (laughs) off two entrepreneurs it's hard to do it i think it might become an issue Mm -hmm. later but when it becomes an issue Mm -hmm. then i'll like stop i don't think i think every because my brain's just like all the time i have have issues you have issues everybody's got issues totally there's plenty of times where like we'll be doing something completely unrelated like intentionally trying to just switch off and be like okay let's be normal people today and and just go for a skateboard or let's go for a walk on the beach yeah as soon as you're not doing that you're like oh my god that's the best idea ever yeah yeah and then your brain switch back on you're back in that cycle again but it's um, fine. Yeah, I think um, it's important to turn off though and like for your, your mind to become more creative, like put your phone away, put your even your camera away and just go live life in those mm-hmm. moments. Um, and it's okay to let your brain kind of think of stuff and just try to remember it and write it down or whatever. But um, I try to like go for a walk or something and just not bring anything. Don't even listen to like a podcast. Yeah. Just kind of yeah. be silent, meditate and just think. Yeah. It's so important. It's interesting. We had that the other day when we were at Venice Canals, just going for a walk in the evening. Mm-hmm. And it was this beautiful spot, Christmas lights and everything. Mm-hmm. And I really noticed it then that it's like you my brain was constantly like, oh man, I wish I had my camera and a tripod and I'd shoot this and be beautiful. And I was like, I can just come back tomorrow and do that. Mm-hmm. But for now, I'm going to be like mm-hmm. here and mm-hmm. enjoy it. I also Absolutely. noticed um, 
I think it was Thanksgiving Day. Mm-hmm. Instagram and Facebook were down. Something was not working. That's funny. And not many stores were open and it was basically like the world just shut off mm-hmm. and it was the first day in, in so <laughs> yeah in the states and it was the first day in so long that i actually relaxed mm-hmm. completely because i was like i don't have to post yeah that's what's great about there's the no holidays. stores open it's wow. kind of like understood if you want to take a little break during the holidays like almost the whole world is like gives you a little pass yeah, yeah. it's like you don't have to respond to my email you don't have to even post on social I'm not even going to be on social, so what's the point of posting? I'm not going to get as much traction. Mm-hmm. Although, however, for YouTubers, December is the biggest month of the year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a sidebar. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. because ad rev is like triple because yeah. like these companies are spending tons oh, of ad rev. Oh, interesting. So if basically if you're if you want to do daily at all like do daily in december that's like i've seen a lot of people doing vlogmas like a daily vlog through christmas Mm -hmm. that's why (laughs) but yeah super important to disconnect like you said it's it's really really good because i think it's so easy to get caught up in Mm. i like to think of it's like seeing the world through a viewfinder Mm -hmm. and you're (laughs) you're constantly trying to it removes you yeah like i like see the world how it would look Mm -hmm. in a photo i'm like oh if that was framed like this that'd look sweet And it's like your brain only remembers what you saw in the camera Mm -hmm. when you don't have that there you're in the moment and you can enjoy it so much more. And I think you'll remember it better too. It's funny how uh, an item like that can really remove you from communication or like emotion or or just connection from Mm -hmm. others. And you, uh, I've experienced this through everything. Like this laptop that I have in front of you now is actually giving me comfort because it's like blocking you to me. You know what I mean? Like I'll move it. Oof, you want there so to be intimate. a wall between us? No, I'm just saying nice. like, no, nah, I'm just joking. I need the laptop because that's on my notes. Um, but like uh, if you stand in front of a podium versus not a podium, having a podium gives you like a barrier between you and the audience. Mm-hmm. Or uh, a lot of guitar players feel uncomfortable when they don't have their guitar in front of them and they're just standing there. It's like, oh, what do I do? Yeah. Um, with a camera, if you're a photographer, if you're in an intimate setting and you have a camera, you can completely be removed just by that physical object blocking you from reality. So I was in Africa doing some like nonprofit stuff and there were all these kids that were like starving. We were in the slum. It was a terrible place. And I my emotions and my empathy was not there at all because I was just focused on the shot. And when I went back and looked at the images, I really had to check myself and think like these beautiful kids like are struggling and like I didn't have I wasn't in the mindset of like wanting to just hug them and like love mm-hmm. on them and just have empathy for them. Mm-hmm. And I had empathy later because when I looked at it, I was like, oh, wow, that was real poverty. Um, mm-hmm. And it's amazing, too, in places with poverty, how joyful people are actually to see you. And um, like I experienced amazing, joyful people more so than here in the States. That's, That's crazy. Yeah. I realized that before I really got into photography, I did a trip to Fiji and it's mm. not quite the same as Africa, but there's definitely elements of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I realized that as well. It's like these people don't have a lot, like they're building homes from scrap metal mm-hmm. from a cyclone mm-hmm. and they couldn't be more stoked on life. Yeah. I'm like, what is wrong with me? <laughs> it's like, I was We're doing ups- it all wrong. Yeah. yeah. Materialism, so, it just, it crushes it's our horrible. souls. Yeah. And, but it's so yeah. beautiful to go to places like uh, that because yeah. it really makes you like rethink mm. what you have and what you need. Absolutely. And it makes you I mean, like, that's yeah. what you guys are living it out in the Western world really in a way. Yeah. In the best way. Trying, yeah, exactly. <laughs> How do you guys take showers? We don't ever have a shower. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but this is enough. I think that question and like, where do you use the toilet is like the probably the one. most common van question. Yeah, um, that's why I asked it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's like so normal. We're so used to answering that. But well, I suppose like Nikki I said, can speak for this. She did the build. Uh, like I said earlier, there has to be an anytime fitness near us. Mm. It doesn't have to be, but we love 
having a real shower. Mm -hmm. uh, I do have a shower at the back of the van, like an outdoor one. Mm -hmm. So if it's a nice sunny day and we're somewhere secluded, mm -hmm. we'll definitely have a shower there. But that puts another issue on where do we find the next fill up of water? So every, yeah. so I'd rather just like shower anytime fitness for sure. Mm -hmm. And the bathroom, I got this awesome composting toilet. Mm -hmm. It was very expensive. It was the most expensive thing in the van mm -hmm. and it was the toilet. So it's kind of funny, but- um, <laughs> Well, it's very important. <laughs> it yeah, is. It is yeah. <laughs> um yeah okay we have that toilet and it saves us yeah, you can, if I, I would assume if you can avoid using it you do right yeah For sure yeah totally. i think the other good thing about the gym is well we like to be healthy and fit so mm -hmm. it's not just like we're spending this money on a membership just to shower all the time it's like we go there and we work out and then yeah. we shower and we feel good yeah and we're clean it's like yeah, yeah we like there's times when we're nowhere near a gym mm -hmm. uh, and we'll park up at the beach and do a little workout outside and it's super nice mm -hmm. yeah. but without having that shower there you're very cautious of how much water you use to shower yeah and um, so it's almost yeah. like you're not feeling as clean because you're like more cautious about like <laughs> yeah you gotta turn the water on quickly get yourself wet yeah. shower and then like turn it off mm -hmm. that kind of stuff so. <laughs> um what kind of gear do you guys use currently you guys said that you were on you were on an old Nikon when you first started yeah. and you are on a Canon. Yeah, so I started Nikon. Uh -huh. I suppose I went Canon film to a Nikon D3300. Uh -huh. And then I upgraded to a Canon 6D Mark II, which is what I have Thank now. You. Massive fan of Canon colors and everything. Yeah. But in recent, like I suppose in the recent weeks, I'm kind of starting to think about moving into the Sony game. There's a lot of people shooting mm -hmm. Sony and there's obviously good reasons for it. Mm -hmm. Nikki's on a Sony as well. So mm -hmm. Yeah, I... What did I start on? Yeah, Canon, and then I got the Sony A6000, and mm -hmm. now I'm the Sony A7R2. Nice. Absolutely love that camera. So how, how do you deal with the massive file sizes of that camera? That is an issue. When someone asks me to take photos of them when we're on a hiking trip, mm -hmm. they're like, hey, could I grab those photos after? It's, like, it's no. very <laughs> irritating because I have to um, put every photo, like JPEG, much smaller. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Do you shoot? raw and jpeg and you should maybe do that for those moments oh, just send them the jpeg that's a good idea it. then you're filling up your cards so but you quick can, as well you have two card slots so you no can i actually, don't yeah, not our a7r2 has two doesn't it nope i don't maybe think the i a7 haven't R2 seen it three. i yeah. think it's a three yeah uh, dang it so that's kind of i was yeah. thinking well, the double card slot what you can do is allocate one card to raw and one to jpeg that's smart so it's just nice and easy but or you just never hang out with anyone and then you never have to take photos for them i'm just kidding now i know why you're in a van <laughs> oh, that's why I never get those photos from Nikki, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's uh, it's it's the worst when uh, like, well, it's not the worst, but like I obviously always have cameras and my family work together. And I'm taking pictures. They're like, hey, can you just like, can you just text me those? No. Can you airdrop? Like, I have my my camera. Like, can you airdrop those to me? I'm like, no, I, I can't. iPhone airdrop it from my camera to you. I have to. And it's like, well, can't you just like use Wi-Fi and send it over? It's like, well, they're all raw. So it's like, yeah. you know, when are you going to get to it? It's like, eh, I don't know when I'm going to get to it because yeah. I have to literally open up Lightroom, go through all these pictures, fix the raw issues, export a JPEG, and then upload it to Google Photos or Dropbox. Such a big just deal. for casual, like normal yeah. photos. And then you've got yeah. even more <laughs> issues there when yeah. you're trying to send something from like Windows or Android mm -hmm. to an iPhone as well. We yes. had this the other day. It's I was so trying to hard. give some photos to a friend so, so he could Windows post guy? it. I'm a Windows guy, yeah. Okay, Windows cool. and Android, and then Nikki is Android Mac. and Mac. Yeah. Oh, cool. What phone do you have? The Samsung 10 Plus. Oh, cool. It's really good. Yeah, that one's really good. Yeah. yeah. We were just talking because I have the Pixel 4, um, but I, I have a, the dual phone life. I have an iPhone and a Pixel, so I have best of both. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Uh, the blue messages and iMessage. Really? <laughs> no, I, I prefer <laughs> iOS, and then I use 
Mac, so okay. they integrate perfectly. Yeah. And I just got the Google Pixel okay. uh, for like a review and I'm gonna review it, but now I'm like in love with the camera. I've also never mm. used Android in my life. Okay, cool. So I've kind of like been opened up to like the freedoms that Android gives you with apps and like customization. And yeah. That's like my one thing about going to iPhone. There's a lot of apps that come out first on iPhone. Mm. There's a lot of like software and programs that the, I use. And I was like, man. It's it, supported better. Yeah. So like, there's less bugs that it usually runs better. I've even heard like just Instagram in general runs better on an iPhone. It's yeah. so bad. So on like part of me wants to switch <laughs> to an iPhone, but I'm like, yeah. I've got a Windows, like mm. I have a Dell laptop and I'm like, then it's like, well, some form of like misconnection. Obviously, it's still going to like work. Yeah, but it's not quite it. the same fluidness. What would you miss? I think Android's not made by Windows either. I know, but like there's so many easy ways where like I found I can just plug my phone in as a USB, drop mm. files, photos, mm. videos, anything. And it mm. takes like no time at all. Mm. I was trying to do with my friend's iPhone the other day on my Windows computer. Mm. And like someone might roast me for this because I don't know what I'm doing. And that's, <laughs> that's fine. But yeah, like yeah. I was really struggling to get the photos just like I couldn't drag and drop them straight into yeah, the folder I wanted as if it's like a disk image or something yeah and I was like I find that super useful but that's Absolutely. also because I'm using a Windows PC and that's how my brain mm -hmm. works yeah I so like if I want to select uh, five videos and send it to my phone you just right click airdrop boom and it's like instant it's yeah. insane you that's know? one thing I think would be awesome yeah. and I feel like Instagram is really buggy at the moment on Android it's like one of those things I'm like it is mm -hmm. As silly as it is, Instagram is a big part of our life. Yeah. No, so it's, it's like, is it worth me getting an iPhone to do that? Job. I mean, yeah. Mm -hmm. What you can do is buy like an older iPhone and don't even use it as a cell phone. Use it as a device that does hotspot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or you could even pop your SIM out and put it in there. What I ended up doing is I have my, my phone number on my phone. And then for $20 a month, you just get an additional like data line and it's not a phone line and i put that in my google and then i have mm. unlimited data on both but i only get phone calls on the phone on the iPhone. Nice. all right this is super nerdy and like you got, you got like an affiliate that. link for that now <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll send you an affiliate link for that one um so besides having growing instagram profiles you both have your own youtube channels as well is growing your youtube presence something that interests you or do you prefer to focus more on instagram what's kind of your strategy with uh, youtube I'm very interested in starting YouTube. I did it kind of on and off in New Zealand, but now I'm just like really starting to do it more. Um, Heck yeah. Yeah, like getting to that threshold of monetization is mm -hmm. kind of the issue I'm having right now. Mm -hmm. I'm like maybe halfway there. So it's taking some time, but yeah. definitely want to want to get get there. Heck <laughs> and, yeah. And yeah. I, I kind of started in YouTube. Um, I'm, I met Chris Howe a little while ago and oh, uh, we yeah. became friends. We had him was, on the podcast. Yeah, and he was like, man, you need to be doing YouTube. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, sure I know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, YouTubers say that a lot. Yeah, of course they're gonna say that a lot. <laughs> but um, but like, yeah, he was the one who kind of like pushed me into doing it. I was like, yeah, yeah, you're right, I need to do it. Because mm -hmm. I was watching him and Peter McKinnon for a long time. Yeah, sure. Uh, and they were actually quite a large influence on me moving to Canada. Oh, cool. And so like running into him, I was like, oh, this is cool. And he was yeah. like, do it. And I was like, okay, okay, sorry. Like I should have <laughs> been doing this ages ago, man. But, <laughs> He's so it, nice. So yeah, it does really <laughs> help. Yeah. yeah, it does really help with like your video editing skills too, and being more comfortable speaking in front of people. It's Absolutely. a really good way to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's no harm in filming an entire video, editing it, and then never posting it. Yeah. I think that's the thing I didn't realize mm -hmm. for a long time. The practice of talking and editing and everything is so useful. Absolutely. I wish I did that earlier. But yeah, yeah YouTube is a really cool platform. It's a very mm -hmm. different audience to Instagram, which interests me as well. Yeah. Instagram. And, uh, it's uh, the algorithm's completely different too. It's yeah. kind of obnoxious, to be honest. I think. And the, yeah. <laughs> tell and me the, more. I don't know anything about it. I'd be happy to tell you. Yeah, I'm that, yeah. definitely keen to hear it. But 
<laughs> I think an interesting thing is the amount of time an audience gives you. Mm-hmm. On Instagram, like you very often see, if you just watch people, they're like flicking, double tapping, yeah. flick, double tap, and that's mm-hmm. it. They're giving you like one to two, maybe three seconds if you're lucky, and it doesn't yeah. matter how good your photo is, mm-hmm. they're just gonna double tap and keep scrolling. Yeah. Whereas YouTube, people are more invested in you, and they mm-hmm. like when they open a video, if they're interested in you, I'll happily watch videos from the creators I've subscribed to that I have no interest in the content, mm-hmm. but I'm invested in them. Yeah. And I know by watching it, it supports my friends too, mm-hmm. which is sweet. But people give you a lot more time, which is nice. And I think you can get across your personality a bit more. Yeah, it's like it is definitely a replacement for television. Uh, I certainly watch more YouTube than traditional TV. Um, obviously, Netflix, Disney Plus, Hulu, HBO, all that. Like that's kind of different. But mm-hmm. by the way, The Mandalorian is amazing. I know I need to watch it. Yeah, so it is good. tricky. That's one thing in the van though. Like even hotspotting off your phone it's like man i was like kind of like miss watching a little bit of netflix here so and there if like if money was no object is there a device that you could strap onto the top of your like a satellite or something that you could put on your van to like give you crazy internet there is like and like like there's, what is, like there's tv vans that mm-hmm. broadcast 4k stuff at football games like what are they using there's definitely products out there that aren't even that expensive that would mm-hmm. do the job it's yeah. more so about the stealth for us we don't want to have this massive aerial or like a huge dish on the roof because gotcha. then it's like mm-hmm. someone's living in that yeah. outside my house. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what are they doing out there? Are they spying on me? Surveillance so. van. I get that a lot. That looks yeah. like that. So with a dish on the top, it would definitely look like that. Yeah. But I think for us, like being in the US is different. There's so many like cheap, unlimited data mm-hmm. phone plans, which is yeah. amazing because we don't have that in Canada. Really? Phone plans are really expensive. So Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you are. You're um, throttled plan. So I have 10 gigs here, mm-hmm. and after 10 gigs, it's throttled. And the mm-hmm. throttled speed, I don't even notice a difference. And in Canada, it's like so slow. Oh no! So yeah, I'm sorry. No, 5G it's, it, is gonna be it's great here. Well, I'm sorry about Canada. That's mm-hmm. what I meant. Oh yeah. yeah. And, then, and then Australia is just like 10 years behind in technology. We're really? like, what's a phone? <laughs> yeah, so we always seem to get stuff really late. I don't know. It's because we're this giant island in the middle of nowhere. But, but these phones now they have touch screens. On yeah. Them. It's like what you can see people on them. Wow. <laughs> I still get that from like my parents and stuff. It's like, oh wow, this FaceTime or Skype thing is really amazing. Yeah. I get, I taught my parents how to use Facebook Messenger because then we could like chat and call because mm-hmm. they're I think 16 hours ahead. Wow. So it's a really yeah. weird time difference. It's like when I'm going to sleep, they're just waking up. Mm-hmm. So it's only a very short window. It's like eight o'clock, nine o'clock is kind of the sweet spot. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And it's hard to catch them as well because they're still like they're working. So it's yeah. like I got to try and catch them at their times. And I suppose this life makes it much easier to keep in contact with sure. my family because of that. But yeah, teaching them how to use social media was interesting. And they're always like, wow, it's so cool we can do this. And they're, <laughs> they're following along on Instagram, leaving comments. And... <laughs> oh, yeah. It's the best when like mom comments on everything yeah my mom uh it's funny i told her i was like you know it's better if you leave a comment on my youtube video instead of texting me just algorithmically speaking yeah she'll watch a video and then she'll text me i loved it when you said this in the video it was really funny like mom please send engagement yeah please (laughs) it's not just love tell grandma as well (laughs) look i get it you support me okay it's one. it's it's a good problem to have to have supported highly supportive parents but it can be obnoxious sometimes (laughs) however i'm sure i'm going to become that as my kids get older it's going to be worse, I think, because yeah, yeah. like imagine like with the technology we have now and how mm-hmm. social our worlds are through the mm-hmm. Internet. Like how old are your kids? Uh, two months and two years. OK, so like they're both they're both proficient in like iPads already. My, right? Well, yeah, my oldest, uh, not the two month old, but the, <laughs> the two year old. Absolutely. Yeah, but he's very good at the iPad. Yeah, it's crazy. And you think about like 
how far technology is going to be yeah. when they're our age. It's mm. like, it's going to be nuts. nuts and we're going to be the old people like, what's that thing? Yeah. What's that noise? <laughs> I know. It's going to be that. <laughs> It'll be interesting though because I like to think that because we are savvy with technology more so than like our parents' generation mm -hmm. because we did, I mean, I had the internet when I was, you know, in middle school, high school or whatever. So, um, you know, will that mean that we're not going to be the same as our older generation is now like because they got the internet when they were well into their adulthood so yeah. mm. like it's hard for them to learn and pick up but because we were all younger our That's mind true, was eh? able to yeah I don't, I don't know the logistics of that mm -hmm. because there are obviously older people who are very technologically savvy my great uncle he's 88 and he edits and after effects and premiere and stuff wow. that's amazing i love that and yeah. i just saw i'm like peter mckinnon's dad's now doing youtube which yeah, is fantastic so i'm like cool. good on him awesome. that's sweet yeah so um but i think i'm we're probably i'm probably looking in like a bubble right now of like what i can see and understand now i think in 30 40 years there's probably gonna be technology that we because we're not young it'll be so new and so crazy we will be the old people mm -hmm. like how does that virtual reality eyeball system work? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the kids will be like, oh, you're still using a touch screen? That's cool. <laughs> it's like, yeah. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how well our generation keeps up with it, for yeah. sure. I'm interested to see how that pans out. Absolutely. Well, YouTube, uh, just in a nutshell, so we hit 70,000 subscribers uh, last month, and that's, you know, I'm uh, pretty full-time on that. That's awesome. And uh, the way that we were able to do it was talking about relevant topics that are mm -hmm. trending so in my case it was all gear so new gear so basically the goal is anything that's brand new review it like as fast as possible because people are just instantaneously going to be searching for it mm -hmm. yeah so find a product or a thing that you can sometimes somehow tie into what you're talking about and that's like a kind of a cheat to grow quick because without any effort whatsoever people are already searching for your video mm -hmm. but if you make just like a general like this is how i live my life video because you might not have any audience yet it doesn't pick up as well yeah. as a legitimate product so that's number one that's like my advice is find whether it's camera stuff tech stuff or whatever or even just topical things like Kanye West's new album or whatever mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. just saying something that's relevant can get people to maybe pull into it yeah and then we've, secondly it's just consistency and you've heard yeah. that i'm sure we've definitely well, noticed it a bit with van life mm -hmm. van life is such a huge cult uh, right yeah. now and there's so many people searching for like yep. build ideas for themselves and stuff like that mm -hmm. and yeah that's it's definitely brought a lot more mm -hmm. attraction from that yeah i bet um, it's that's something that I'm we're both trying to incorporate on. but we decided to have two separate youtube accounts it's yeah. like and it's like quite similar to our Instagram. It's going to represent us and mm. more so what our values are. Well, it's cool though because you're, you're going to grow together, and you're like you're going to maybe have a more male demographic and more female mm -hmm. demographic. But then you they but then your your audience will also tie into his yeah. and vice yeah. versa, and you'll follow each other's stories. I mean, like Vlog Squad and like the Team Ten crew. I mean, it's like that, right? Yeah, and <laughs> and obviously we're going to be like overlapping in content exactly. and like i'll be in nikki's videos and she'll be in mine mm -hmm. so it's like almost like building two audiences in one totally. which is i think a cool way to go about it how to videos always perform that's well. what i'm doing lately how to bake in a van how to mm. find free just campsites that's what i'm doing lately <laughs> yeah just teach the stuff that like it's funny that you guys are already intuitively doing things that you don't really think about but you've that's something you can teach and 
I think if you can talk about something without even thinking about it for like two hours, then that's what you should make that's your YouTube true. channel about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For me, that was camera gear. And my wife was so happy that I started talking about camera gear on YouTube instead of in the kitchen <laughs> when she's cooking. Yeah, because you're just talking that's to the amazing. camera on your yeah. own. And now she's like, thank goodness, I can just close the door. And yeah, just, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's exactly. in the zone. It's perfect. Exactly. Cool. Um, all right. So uh, we did an AMA on both of your Instagrams. We pulled a couple of questions uh, from that. First one is from Larson underscore Brandon. He asks, what is your biggest photography goal that you want to achieve? And we could start with you. Yeah, I think we were chatting about this and we were, it's important to like set goals, obviously, for like personal and professional growth. Yeah. And for me, it was by the end of next year, I want to have a need to have to like upgrade my camera severely because <laughs> um, it's not just like, oh, I want to go buy a Canon 1DX Mark III. Because, like, I don't need that right now. Sure, it'd be awesome. Can't wait for that to come out. I know, I'm so keen. But I just want a mirrorless version. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think, like, that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a, that's a huge goal because it's not just, like, a massive financial investment, but it's also an investment in me mm-hmm. because I see the use of it. And it's, like, I've done my job enough to the point where I need to upgrade. Mm-hmm. So that's, it, like, a big one for me. You've worked it to the bone and you've you've (laughs) you've extracted as much like uh value as you can get out of it and you have to upgrade yeah exactly yeah okay that's cool Uh, i think mine would be to just have enough income that supports me but also like an excess so like Mm -hmm. what i need plus like a lot more Mm -hmm. um yeah i think that would be a a goal it's a valuable tool to have to have a little bit excess because at that point you can maybe spend a little bit more and go somewhere even more yeah. amazing you can upgrade your your equipment or like mm-hmm. tools and things that help you get your job done uh, yeah just slightly you know enhance it just notch by notch as your income goes up and, and um, oh okay. i was gonna say uh we we're planning on building like maybe a a tiny house in Australia. Nice. Or like a shipping container house. Heck and yeah. like one of my dreams would be to film the whole process of doing that. Mm-hmm. So an excess money of income would be like enough to support building that mm-hmm. so that we could film it. So that whole thing is like a huge goal for me. That's yeah. awesome. Because at the end of the day, like this is our full time job, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like you don't want to just have a job that just covers your expenses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you obviously want to be like progressing financially because yeah, of course. Unfortunately, that's how our society works. You need yeah. money to do stuff. So, um, yeah, I think it pairs really well. Totally. We'll start with you, Nikki, for this next question. It's from at around Q. What is your favorite canned food? Oh, tuna. A thousand percent. Really? I eat tuna almost every day. Is there a specific brand or like Starkist? Okay. Yes, yeah, Starkist. It's okay. uh, one of the cheapest at Walmart. Uh-huh. It's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> favorite on our bank account. Yeah, like favorite a, on my bank account. Is it like a flavor or like a... Just the usual, just, you know, in, the in bland, some water. Plain old, like yes. nasty. Wow. It's the healthiest because How it doesn't do have all this... How do you fix it up? Um, with a fork and a, you put it in your mouth? Or do you actually no, put like... like a salad with okay, like some you. healthy dressing uh-huh. and avocado. Do you open it up in the van? Yes. Oh, cool. It's That's really stinky. Like a hot box your Very van stinky. with. Very stinky. Yeah, we have, a, we have a vent in the roof. So uh, usually that's open it whenever we're cooking and stuff. But yeah, I don't think there's very rarely a time where you would i don't think i've ever seen you just eat tuna out of a can yeah Maybe like on rice hungry. crackers or like in a yeah. salad or, yeah. or a dish so. okay tuna's great that's good at least i had a buddy who was like a <laughs> bodybuilder he was like super ripped and ridiculous and like he would go to class he it was in high school he was already crazy and he would just like open up tuna and just eat in it class raw in class i feel bad for all of you yeah. other classmates it was terrible <laughs> 
Um, and I brought, I think I had like a little microwave meal one time. It was like salmon and I used the microwave here in the office. And I'm like, sorry guys, you gotta stink up the entire office. <laughs> <laughs> Fish is so stinky. It, it is, is, yeah. But it's healthy for you. Yeah. That's true. What about you? I think I'm gonna have to say the same. We don't, yeah. I think as far as canned foods go, really the only canned foods we have would be tuna or like beans. Mm. And I don't mean like baked beans. I mean like kidney beans or like red beans and like kind of that stuff. But. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes like diced tomato, tomatoes. Nice. I guess people just assume that you eat out of cans a lot. But... A lot of people also assume we just live off ramen and bread. We eat really, <laughs> really <terrible>. healthy. <laughs> yeah, but it's like I think that goes with the conception, like misconception of van life, that mm-hmm. you're like doing it because you have to. Yeah, it's like we're choosing to be in there, and we have a pretty substantial sized fridge. It's like a oh, mini cool. fridge that you would have at your house just to like mm. put your beers in or something like that. Mm-hmm. But for us, it's like full of vegetables and fruit all the time mm-hmm. fresh stuff yeah because it's like if you are going somewhere think of how expensive it is to buy like a nice like salad bowl mm-hmm. and we can just make that in our house that we have with us anyway mm-hmm. so why would we buy it yeah exactly so yeah it's yeah. funny how expensive salads are at restaurants oh. and it's, it's so nuts. simple and cheap to make yourself yeah just you just have to actually put all the ingredients together. we're so effort. lazy as a society it's so we're willing to like fork over way too much money just to save a bit of time yeah, yeah. well this is a technical question from at Urbano Studios. What is your favorite lens? Mm. Straight off the bat is the 24 to 70 2.8 Canon L series. Heck yeah. I have been looking after or looking towards getting that lens for a long time mm-hmm. uh, and I got it secondhand and it has it almost never leaves my camera. It's a perfect and focal range and it just does everything well and it's nice and low like it's reliable. Good aperture, it's strong. Mm-hmm. The only downside is the cost of it, yeah, which sucks. But buying it secondhand saves a lot of that. So, Absolutely. yeah, it's my go-to lens for everything. Vlogging through to videos, through to photos, everything. Mm. Mine is definitely the G Master 16 to 35 Sony. Unfortunately, I dropped that and broke it. Oh, no. And I cried. It was really sad. <laughs> so, anyways, now it's getting repaired. And I bought the Tamron 17 to 28. Mm-hmm. And I think... It's lighter. Smaller, I honestly and love cheaper. it, and it doesn't uh <laughs> retract out of its body. I don't yeah, know how to explain it, right? yeah. So, I really like that lens, and I think I'm going to sell the G yeah. Master when it comes back and hopefully get the whole trifecta. Of, yeah, you should buy the pair. I, I think it's a 28 to 75 or something. And then soon, they're going to do the the yeah. long one really? 70 to 200 is coming out soon. Yeah. No way, yeah. so it's weird That'd that be awesome. it's weird that Sony didn't make lenses that are that compact with a constant f2.8. Mm-hmm. Usually, if you get a lens that size, it's like an f4. So that's what's so great about those Tamrons. Yeah, and they're so, they're small. so popular. And the autofocus works great too. Like I love you that would think lens. a third-party lens wouldn't perform very well, but it works great. Yeah, they're so sharp. We got plenty of friends that shoot Sony, and they're all using that lens, and they absolutely love it. Wow. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're traveling around, like it's say, if you're literally saving a pound, uh, you know, yeah. that's a big difference. Mm-hmm. It really is. That's cool. Yeah, I haven't met anybody that uses that one. Hmm. I haven't even heard of a digital nomad. There you go. <laughs> At Casey Pat asks, what van should I kit out? I have four kids, so I need a oh, big one. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, yeah, it definitely depends. Like, your friends are living in an RV, you said? Yeah. yeah. I would so say an more. RV. Yeah, I would say you want to go on RV. It's expensive, but I mean, they had a you know $600,000 house they sold. So they just put it towards the RV. Yeah. We've definitely seen families driving around those massive, beautiful like Winnebago's that automated electric everything and sure they're nice but they're quite obvious yeah like there's no way you can park that anywhere and someone doesn't think you're living in it because it's mm-hmm. an rv um 
Well, they probably don't live in it. That's their trailer. Oh, yeah, vehicle. that's right. Yeah. yeah. It's they one have a mansion in, uh, in Laguna. Yeah. <laughs> no. yeah. Um, school bus is probably also not a bad option. Mm-hmm. But, like, with a family that size, it's that's a big There's a lot of people. You're going to want a lot of space. Yeah. And you're going to have to try and, like, build in walls so the kids have, like, a zone. And also, like, him and his partner being in a relationship, mm-hmm. you're obviously going to want some alone time away yeah. from the kids. Um, and it would definitely be ex- more expensive because you can't just park up on the street somewhere. You have to park mm-hmm. in campsites, which are very expensive. And yeah. We don't have that cost. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, RV lots are pretty expensive. So you guys are typically parking in parking lots? Yeah, did you not see us out at the front of your house this morning? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so we use a couple of different apps. Nikki's just done a video on it actually about like how to find spots for free. So go check out her YouTube video. Yeah. yeah which is um, really, really useful. But yeah, we try and park places. Our first preference would be to park like in the National Forest and stuff like like that. Or like BLM land, the free land for anyone to use. And then um, neighborhoods, random parking lots, like uh, turn offs on the side of the highway. Mm. But neighborhoods are really good because they're so quiet. Mm. And for us, we're in a stealthy van. It's not really like impeding people's houses. It's not like this big, dirty bus outside the house. It's like, oh, they could just be a worker or whatever so yeah. yeah we don't feel like we're invading people's privacy and it's like we get there we stick inside the van we're not like opening the doors and trying to do everything yeah. outside it's like we're just keeping to us so yeah. it's like, we leave really early no don't we're not even anyone. there as far as they're concerned so. yeah. yeah interesting huh. yeah people might be doing that in my backyard and i realize <laughs> that. <Yeah>. um <laughs> at zach's lens asks what's your favorite color and how do you co- incorporate it into your photography uh, I like earth tones, anything brown. Everything in my van is brown. Mm. And as you can see, I'm very beige right now. <laughs> Pastels and uh, well, less pastel, earth, but earthy. Yeah. Earth tone, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. the new Yeezy uh, colorways would be good for you then. Oh, I don't know. Uh, Kanye's in like an earthy mood Is recently. Oh. All of his shoes are earthy. Yeah. Oh, cool. Do a collab See? with Kanye. Oh, dang. <laughs> Kanye, get at me. <laughs> um, yeah, for me, I absolutely love orange. And that bright color. Heck yeah. I've only recently started so to really bring it into my work. My, my orange pixel is what you're going to really want. I, I, that's one thing I do love about Google Pixel. They're <laughs> beautiful. Um, but yeah, I, I love orange. I've had orange bicycles and stuff like that. And I'm like, I've, it's always been like a color that I've just gone to. Mm-hmm. I, I've only recently started including it in my work more. Um, Peter Yan or Yantastic, if people might know him, mm-hmm. he does some insane teal and orange stuff. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he's definitely an inspiration for the teal and orange world. So mm-hmm. I think that's something I want to try and incorporate a little bit more. Yeah. Which is tricky where we were for the summer in the mountains where everything <laughs> is green and blue. And like, yeah. that's it. Mm-hmm. Sure. Especially with like the crazy teal water they have there. So. Wow. Well, but, when it, so while we're on the topic of that, this isn't a question that they asked, but now it's just making me think like, do you guys use presets? Do you guys think about your your kind of color balance? I mean, you're, you're mentioning that you you do think about it. So tell me about your process when you're trying to color your photos. Yeah, it's interesting how I see the world. Like I see it how my camera would see it. Mm-hmm. Being on Canon, I'm used to how the color shoots on that. Mm-hmm. When I grab Nikki's Sony, my brain's kind of like, I don't know what I'm doing because yeah. the colors are different and the settings mm-hmm. are going to be different. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I typically shoot bright. Mm-hmm. Not like obviously blown out, but I definitely shoot brighter and Nikki shoots a lot darker. Mm-hmm. Um, so quite often, That's like cool. the presets that I've made for me that I use all the time as a base edit, quite often like either don't quite work on hers because of the way she shoots. No. And nothing's wrong with that. It's just like no. obviously taste. So but I, And uh, yeah, it's your style. But yeah, I think that, yeah, presets is definitely an awesome way to like base and edit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I yeah. definitely use the own, my own presets that I've made. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I just kind of switch them up. Do you think a little bit, but... like when I look through your feed, I mean, it does it look pretty consistent on both of your um, your profiles. Is that a big consideration for you guys? Like, are definitely, you, do you want your feed to just visually kind of match and itself. I know <laughs> when I when I come across another person's Instagram, mm -hmm. and I just kind of look at it quickly. I give them like my three seconds, and if mm -hmm. they, it looks aesthetic, then I'll probably follow them. But if it's mismatched, I probably won't. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I definitely want to make someone do that to me. Yeah, <laughs> but are you most people? I wonder. I am very unique. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a, I'm just saying like, is that a photographer's perspective? You know what I mean? It's probably, it probably is. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think, yeah, all the, like, I'm going to say normal like people. Kim Kardashian's account doesn't look yeah. consistent at all. I like, don't really like that. But the models and all that, like, they're not photographers. They're just yeah. throwing up. It's social media. They're influencers in the influencing world yeah there's something as photography is an art form yeah exactly there's something aesthetic about seeing someone's photos but that's also like how people who are invested in this world are going to see it yeah like there's so many people out there who are just be like wow that's a cool location and mm. didn't even think about that that color matches with the yeah. colors before because they're seeing your photo against other people's photos in their mm -hmm. feed uh but i do think that you're right like the value of the three second like if this is grabbing your attention in three seconds, mm -hmm. it has a lot of value to that, not just for other photographers like us, but also brands, mm -hmm. like especially, yeah. I think. Yeah. That first impression, if you're trying to work with a brand and maybe you send them a, a portfolio of stuff that's similar to the spec work that you're supposed to, or the, the product shots that you, you're going to do, they're still going to look at your personal profile. Mm -hmm. And if that stands out to them too, as like consistent and professional, then it'll go there's, a long um, way there's one thing when i look at my profile um if there's like a van photo and then a lot of photos of me far away uh -huh. then i'll know i need to insert a photo of me close up mm -hmm. i need to rotate like i want some food some mm -hmm. van some far away some nature and i just want to like rotate it so it's yeah. not just like close 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 or yeah. van all the time so yeah. try to switch it up absolutely i think a, like a misconception from brands sometimes as well is they'll look at your like instagram grid and just assume that's the only way you can shoot, which is the only downside to it, I think. Yeah. Like if people look at mine, mm -hmm. they might be like, oh, you can only shoot in that light with those colors in, in nature. Not, yeah. Not, and it's not, like, not in landscape. Yeah. And it's like, I think that is a bit of a misconception, <laughs> yeah. but that's also like completely diffused by like having a conversation with them. Yeah. Absolutely. And like them looking at your website and stuff like that, which is like why it's important to have a I good portfolio. That, yeah. I would hope that if, if a brand is at all social media savvy, they would understand how yeah. instagram works and like obviously it performs better if you stay in a niche if you want to do other things make another account right? exactly mm -hmm. yeah so unless you're chris Picard and he just puts everything out there and it's fine because he's famous and amazing so. <laughs> yeah but it's like if every single photo is like insanely good like matt littlewood is is the same in that mm -hmm. uh, he numerous times i've spoken to him and he just couldn't care less about his grid having the same color palette yeah he's like i'm just gonna upload what i want because this is how i want to shoot yeah. it's like he can do that because his photos are insane every mm -hmm. time he's like living in these beautiful places and he knows yeah. how to use a camera but and it's different because like, it's their own right exactly mm -hmm. yeah if you want to do if you want to do this route with instagram and play the algorithm and play the game you know this this works really well we've seen a lot of growth doing this uh if you maybe see yourself just as a just plain old like i'm an artist i'm a photographer 
and this is just a place for me to put my work mm -hmm. it, and you're not trying to be an Instagrammer or whatever it's just a place to share your work like yeah then yeah who cares about the grid right? yeah mm -hmm. I don't know because I, I have a friend who's like a pretty big portrait photographer in Nashville and he does a lot of musicians and stuff and he's really creative his grids all over the place but if you look at each image on its own it's like wow that's cool wow that's cool you know but he doesn't have a million followers even though he should mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's because he's not playing the game you know? yeah so give and take it's right? interesting um orloff photography asks how do you respond to criticism constructive criticism mm -hmm. so sometimes it's either someone that's really angry and hates their life so that's <laughs> that's a different type of criticism they're venting on you yeah um but cr constructive criticism i really like that actually yeah. It helps me grow and yeah. morph into hundred percent the new me. <laughs> so if you if I came if I came about it, uh, I would say like an Oreo. It's like something really nice, yeah. <laughs> something really nice first, and then the constructive criticism, and then bookend it with something nice, yeah. or like yeah. a compliment sandwich, where it's like you suck, but you have a nice beard, but you do suck. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that kind of stuff, That's right? The reverse, like, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is like the double-handed one, and that hurts a little bit more because there's two <laughs> yeah. negatives, but. Um, <laughs> A friend of mine, Jay McDonald, made a really good point one day. He said, everyone's interested in your success until your success surpasses their own. Mm. And I think that plays a big part in it because it's when people are criticizing you, sure, they're going to pick out some stuff and you're like, yeah, I wish I didn't see that in a video. Or like, I wish I didn't do it that way, which is totally true. And mm. you can learn from that for next mm. time. But there's a lot of times where you're doing something and people are just like angry because it's not their life. Yeah, I think mm -hmm. we get that a bit in, in van life as well. I had people call me out for having a watermelon on the bench once and then they were like, that would roll away in the van. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, man, it's like a prop to like go with the other things in the photo and we're going to eat it. It's like, <laughs> it's like, of course, a watermelon's not going to sit on a flat bench. Like you wouldn't put it on a flat bench in your house. Like, so if people are going to call you out on stuff just because That's so it's different to what they think or sure. for their life. And the internet is so weird, right? Because like yeah. in... 20 years ago if you had interactions with people face to face you're, nobody's gonna say something like that yeah right. exactly. and the stuff people write on the internet they're not gonna say it to your face anyway. yeah right. it's like the whole keyboard warrior so that's pretty much it for our ama those are some pretty great questions thanks guys for submitting those uh that are listening um do you guys have any upcoming projects what's next what, what's kind of like what are you guys looking forward to right now? Obviously, your trip. Are we allowed the to West say? Coast. There's probably a few that we probably can't talk about. Um, but I think it's that's just like a spill the bean. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing this really cool podcast with Polar Pro one day. <laughs> um, no, but I think as a, a general like overall like fitting in brands with our road trip is mm. is definitely super exciting, mm -hmm. and obviously some form of a challenge as well because it involves a lot of timing for us, for them, like where we're going to be, mm. how to get the packages. Yeah. Yeah. How do you yeah. get stuff in the mail? Uh, PO boxes or It's called Amazon Connect. K I N E K. My dad showed it to me and this is a service that they're they're only in like big cities. So the next mm -hmm. one's San Diego and then the other one was LA. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you just like put your specific code in, it gets sent there and you pay three dollars uh for each parcel. Okay. So it's like it is it's kind like of a, expensive. Does it go to like a post office or yeah. something like that? And then that? you just pick it up and you tell them your code and it's $3 each Brussels. Cool. So it's not too it's bad. It's like a post box that moves it's awesome. You and you can choose where you want it to go. So we can anticipate that we were like, oh, we're going to be in San Diego in a week or so. So we'll get all of our stuff sent there. Yeah. Gotcha. And you don't have to wait around for a friend to be home to sign for it oh. and then also to pick it up from them. Because like everyone's got their lives and it's yeah. like, 
yeah. our lives are so different to other people's. Yeah. And it's like, it's hard to mash that in. So this is a really good system that works well for us. I think and Amazon has the locker thing now too. Um, Have you ever done that? No. Nope, so never. if you want to buy something on Amazon, you can select a locker that's nearby and they're like, I think they're in like Walgreens. They're in like Seven uh, Elevens yeah. and stuff like that. That's, that's cool. So if, if you guys want to purchase stuff online on Amazon, a good idea. you could do that. Thanks for that. That's cool. Oh, I'm going to write that down. <laughs> I'm going to do a YouTube video on this. So you yes. just help me out. Amazon Locker. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I forgot what the original question was. It was just like uh, the original question was the upcoming projects. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I think kind of tying that back in. Yeah, definitely like planning to be somewhere at a certain time with the thing we want to shoot. Mm-hmm. It's somewhat of a challenge, but it's kind of fun to do that mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Um, one thing we definitely want to try and do a little bit more of is um, some more like tourism board stuff along our road trip, mm-hmm. which can be really tricky, especially coming into the Christmas period. Everyone's crazy busy and their budgets mm-hmm. are getting kind of tight. So it does mm-hmm. make it a bit of a challenge. But mm-hmm. yeah, combining stuff with where we're going to be is, is a really exciting process. Cool. Yeah. Anything you w- would add to that or? Just ditto. <laughs> ditto. Yeah. I think ditto. Yeah. Um, d- like when it comes to when it comes to your own like entrepreneurship, do you guys have anything f- like on your own site or anything like that that you are wanting to grow as well, other than just doing the freelance photography stuff, like tutorials or LUTs or like prints uh, or I don't know. I think for me, I would like. Like on YouTube, I'm trying to do the van life how-to. So mm-hmm. I want a series of who knows how many videos of just every single aspect of like how-tos just to help people in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to do... So you want to just grow your YouTube channel? Yeah, I grow my YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the yeah, the great thing about the YouTube channel is it is a very... There is a direction to go to make money on YouTube. Yeah. So... I have a blog as well, but... It's more aimed at like, hey, this is what I've done. If you're interested, check it out. But it's not really mm-hmm. a, I'm making a guide for you. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of different. So like I'm selling presets and yeah. prints, but it's interesting. A lot of my following is interested in photography and they're all photographers. Like, well, not they're all photographers, but quite a lot of them are photographers. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where my YouTube channel will obviously go is like cool. assisting those people and sharing my knowledge. Mm-hmm. But because they're taking their own photos, why would they want to buy my prints? Mm-hmm. So it's interesting <laughs> in that kind of realm, which is something I have found as well. It's mm-hmm. like, obviously, you just need to kind of find the right markets and yeah. you need to advertise to the right places. So mm-hmm. that's definitely something I'd love to share a bit more. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think YouTube for me as well is, is the main one. Sweet. It's a really sweet way to connect with people. And I, I feel like the sense of community on that platform is way stronger. Absolutely. That's why you need to buy an USR instead of a Sony. <laughs> it's got a flip screen on it. Um, one other thing I was going to say was uh, <laughs> uh, I'm interested in showing people more about sustainability mm-hmm. and like minimalism. So that would be something inspiring Absolutely. and maybe even like a guide of like how to be a minimalist. Ooh, yeah. or, you can do, do like a little series and sell it. And, yeah, because yeah. I love all my clothes. I have still have way too many clothes and I could do like a guide <laughs> on, hey, ladies, learn from me. Yeah. I'm going to give away all my stuff. <laughs> how do you guys manage that? Do you like just keep it in a box or a like, box underneath mm-hmm. we still have to go through it and we have this giant bin of stuff we need to sell in san diego mm-hmm. so we're not com- we haven't completed our task of like yeah. minimalizing <laughs> i would say we is more so nikki in the clothes department <laughs> okay. sorry i, I, I have like, much less I like clothes. but yeah it's definitely something that's interesting to manage as well because it's mm-hmm. like 
you'd only have such a limited amount of space. Yeah. And you end up do looking a little bit like a cartoon character wearing the same stuff all the time. Sure. But it pairs well with <laughs> with videos with the lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow, we filmed everything in one day for two years. Wow. Yeah. That's <laughs> exactly. But yeah, it is it is definitely something that's like worth considering when you're building a van or figuring that out. But it also makes you cut down on what you have and yeah. you realize that you can live more with less. So that's like your New Year's resolution then is to it is, actually. cut down a little bit, right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what advice do you have for creatives that are just getting their start in the industry? It's never too saturated. I mm, always I that. thought that. A long time, I was sure that I would only do photography for a passion because there's too many other people doing it. I wouldn't be able to make money. And the same thing with YouTube. I was like, oh, I'd love to do YouTube, but like, who's going to watch my stuff? There's a million people out there. And that was when Chris was like, just do it. He's like, people are going to be invested in you for you. It's like people have got so much time to devote to looking at that stuff. People are going to find you. And if you are doing what truly inspires you and makes you happy, other people are going to see that in your content. Mm. I think that's really important to realize that it's never too saturated to start doing something. I feel the exact same way about that. I'm very proud that we're able to mm-hmm. financially be okay um, with this type of job. <laughs> yeah, and I think a lot yeah. of people don't realize that there's, because a lot of people assume that you make all your money on Instagram. And so they have this mindset that they're like, oh, I need to get to 10,000 followers so I can get a swipe up and companies will recognize me and I need a blue Instagram tick so I can do this and that. It's like, there's so much of our work that's off Instagram that people mm-hmm. don't see. Mm-hmm. And, and it doesn't matter. There's so many incredibly talented photographers who don't even have Instagram. They're making a killing. It's like yeah. it does. You don't That's need how it. They did it for exactly yeah. right. Like, <laughs> yeah. So and it's you don't need an Instagram to be a photographer. Mm-hmm. And the other way as well, like you don't need to be a photographer to do Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's like you just kind of have to find what works for you and and just also, give it a shot. I'd totally. also say just take photos every single day of like. Mm. even of like your toothpaste bottle because you could make money from a toothpaste company just take photos of everything and yeah. see what you like the most wow it's incredible when you start looking at life and all the stuff you use and what you could be shooting for that company mm-hmm. it opens up a world of opportunities wow enormous it's amounts. amazing yeah it's so cool the time that we live in to be able to do that it's never existed before ever. exactly yeah I, these companies would spend money on these big high budget commercials and now they're spending that same amount of money, but it's spread out over all these influencers yeah. and different stuff. I think it's yeah. one one important thing to realize is the amount of money that you're charging. I did a, I just did a project with a friend and we were charging eight times less than a marketing agency would have. Mm. And we still got paid enough that we thought we were doing well. Mm-hmm. So you got to think about it from that perspective. It's like, yeah, you're saving that company a lot of money, but you're also making a, a good amount of money. And you're benefiting from maybe the money that pays for your trip to go to proximity and it's gonna also help your instagram account or whatever right yeah exactly so and you literally get to be there and see it yourself exactly (laughs) as long as you remember to put your camera down for half a second and just Mm -hmm. be in the moment (laughs) what what advice do you have for people who want to live in a van uh my number one advice is rent a van for a week uh because then you get even two weeks you get to like experience it firsthand Mm -hmm. and it's not for everyone if you can't live in a small space with Mm -hmm. someone else it's probably not you're probably not going to enjoy it but definitely rent a van Mm -hmm. i'd say probably most people on average are not people that can do it yeah exactly at least in the western world Mm -hmm. (laughs) but if you're thinking about it that was number one thing to do can you rent a van that's like 
Like a, yep. Oh, oh yeah. There's a lot of companies doing that. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Search it on Google. That's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Throw it on Instagram as well. There's a lot of companies like on Instagram who are really promoting the van life rentals, mm. which is really sweet. It's a huge thing up in Alberta and Canada right now. Interesting. There's yeah. a couple of really sweet companies doing some big stuff with some beautiful vans. So wow. But yeah, I think Nikki and I as well on that, if you're a brand new couple and you've never done van life before, <laughs> I feel like that's a huge jump. Mm-hmm. For us, I'd lived in my van for three or four months before we met. And Nikki had lived in her van in New Zealand. So Two we both a had a taste yeah. of van life before. Yeah. It wasn't like, Makes sense. we just started dating. Let's move into a van together, which is a very small space. <laughs> um, so also, obviously you had to be at a point in your relationship where you felt it was serious enough anyways. Exactly. I mean, We'd literally known each other two months. Yeah. Well, I know, but like there's <laughs> but a yeah, feeling. We were definitely comfortable. Well, a, we I knew, knew it would I was going to okay. marry my wife after our second date so like that's, oh, awesome. that's, really that's so beautiful you i love just that. feel it you know yeah. yeah and you know when you meet that person it's hard for people who haven't experienced that to understand but like mm-hmm. when you do meet the right person it you just feel it for some reason yeah 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 it definitely totally. works for us so. mm-hmm. but yeah definitely i would i would agree with that rent a van or mm-hmm. just try something similar for a little bit yeah because it's then- not normal and it is weird mm-hmm. <laughs> it takes a while to get used to but it is doable and it is something yeah for is, sure is totally possible you could also go inside your house and pretend you're a minimalist for mm. a week and just say this is everything i own mm. minimalize your clothes yeah and then just see if you can even do that yeah <laughs> and then take your mattress and put it on the floor in the kitchen yeah. and just no i'm kidding <laughs> you could I don't wait know. a minute cool thank you guys so much for coming in it was a blast you're our first van life couple that we've ever interviewed Yay. wonderful so thanks for Thanks so much for having that. us. Oh, yeah, absolutely. it's been awesome. So excited. So, yeah, stoked okay. to be here and stoked to enjoy the beach a little bit more yes. too. Newport, let's do it. I hope you guys enjoyed my interview with Benoit and Nikki Bigger. You can follow both of them on Instagram at Nikki Bigger. That's N-I-K-K-I-B-I-G-G-E-R. And Ben's at Benoit, that's spelled B-E-N-W-A-U-G-H. I'd like to thank again Nikki and Ben for coming into the Polar Pro studio to do this podcast. It was a real pleasure interviewing you guys and uh, getting to know you. So thank you. Thank you so much for coming in. We post new episodes every single Tuesday. Once again, I'm Dave Mays here in the Polar Pro studio. We'll see you guys next week.